the Magnetic Lighthouse Podcast, Episode 6, Be a Man and Other Lies My Parents Told Me, with my special guest, Richard Arsic. Welcome to the Magnetic Lighthouse Podcast, where the spiritual learn how to shine their light and manifest their dreams, with your host and spiritual connector to all, Jamie Pritchard. The light is now on. Hi, my name is Jamie Pritchard, founder of the Magnetic Lighthouse and your spiritual connector. Are you a spiritually minded individual or business owner who is frustrated or stuck in manifesting a great idea and attracting financial abundance? Then I can help you. I've been leading individuals and groups and manifesting their spiritual purpose for over 20 years. I am launching a new spiritual mastermind group. This is an intensive forum where spiritually minded individuals and business owners just like you can take your ideas, hopes and dreams, and truly manifest them into reality. Through my group's facilitation and direction, you can expect not only to have your goals heard in a non-judgmental way, but you will be receiving direct feedback, support, action items, and most importantly, solid accountability from your spiritual mastermind group. You are no longer alone. Space is limited, however, to six members. If you are truly ready to manifest your purpose into reality, then contact me directly at jamiep at themagneticlighthouse.com for more details. Now, on with today's show. Welcome, Spirit Nation, to the Magnetic Lighthouse podcast. I am your host and spiritual connector, Jamie Pritchard, and I want to personally thank all of you for joining us tonight. I am very excited to have as my guest Richard Arsic. Richard has been on a lifelong spiritual quest that began in earnest in the 1990s. He has made some incredible discoveries and decisions that have helped him manifest his spiritual purpose and mission into the world, and we're going to learn about that. To make this show a little bit more interesting, Richard is challenging our live listeners to call into our show after the interview. If you want to do that, you can call in at 347-850-1532. Again, that's 347-850-1532. This is a U.S. phone number. You can dial direct through Skype or Google. When you connect, press 1 and we will know you want to ask a question. But first, it's time for our magnetic moment. The magnetic moment is the part of our show where I will share some thoughts, ideas, and perhaps a bit of wisdom on our show's theme. This segment is intended to get you, our spiritually minded listeners, engaged and present in the show, and we hope disengaged from some of the temporary chaos that may be going on around you and inside you. So I want you to take a deep, meditative breath, close your eyes, if you wish, and simply listen to my words and voice. Tonight's theme is about healing our ego wounds. The title for today's show is Be a Man and Other Lies My Parents Told Me. I was certain that this was a great title and reflected what a lot of listeners have gone through. But I wonder if I may have missed the mark slightly. You see, when we think of someone lying to us, it generally comes with some malice and intent. The individual telling the lie is usually trying to hide or avoid something. But were our parents really lying to us? Did they have intent and malice when they raised us with phrases and ideals like be a man, don't cry, be polite, girls are princesses? Hell, my parents occasionally gave me a clip across the head and on a very rare occasion, the belt. This behavior was a totally acceptable means of discipline for the time I grew up on. Today, this would be unheard of, of course, as we now know the damage that discipline of this kind of nature can have on a young psyche. 
When we look back on these experiences as an adult, we see them through the eyes of a child and we feel the hurt. That is real. No one can take that away from you. It is not something anyone needs to deny. But who do we blame? Our parents for being products of their generation or their, their own poor upbringing? The phrase, be a man, don't cry, is something that my father told me all the time. For a young, gregarious feeling, an intuitive child, this made no sense to me. It went against the grain of my very being. I can still feel the anger the child in me felt whenever this phrase was repeated. I clearly did not subscribe to this then, and I certainly do not now. So how does one truly heal that wound? For me, there are two things I needed to understand to start that process. They are first, gain a new perspective, and secondly, forgiveness. If I change my perspective from the wounded child to my father, for example, I see things in a whole new light. My father grew up in a broken home in which his alcoholic father was absent most of his life. At times, to make ends meet, his mother put him and his sister into foster care. He had many homes, and I can only imagine the anger his wounded child must have felt. He learned early on not to show his feelings, because that, that way no one can hurt you. It was a protective device for him. So when he told me, be a man, don't cry, he was teaching me his coping skills. I fortunately grew up under different circumstances than my father. Did he disappoint me as a child? Of course he did. What parent has never done that? As a parent myself, I now understand the challenges my father must have gone through. So now that we have gained a new perspective, how do we truly forgive? The American theologian Reinhold Niebuhr once said, forgiveness is the final form of love. That is a very powerful statement. I am sure it will land with everyone differently, depending upon your own circumstances, but no matter how difficult you find it or how painful your childhood experiences, I have found the process toward forgiveness is always the same. This is the process I have used. First, acknowledge and feel the hurt that you went through. That is real, and you do not need to deny it. Second, tell it to others, two or three close friends or people that you trust. Two, make sure you are viewing your story from all perspectives. Understand that forgiveness is really mostly about you. With forgiveness, you're letting go of an event or an emotion that is controlling who you are in this present moment. Understand that forgiveness is not always about reconciliation. The hurt is real, it happened, but it does not need to control you. You do not necessarily need to make amends with the person who is the source of that pain. And this may not be possible if the individual is deceased. Fourth and finally, turn your attention to more positive actions or activities when those feelings come up again. Read a book, call somebody, journal your feelings, meditate, talk to somebody about it. The power to heal your ego wounds is in your hands. No one else can take that pain away. Why? Because it's your pain. Only you can express how you feel and only you can change your perspective and truly forgive. This has been your magnetic moment. All right, if you have differing thoughts or 
your own perspective on this, you can message me at Facebook through the Magnetic Lighthouse or email me at jamiep at themagneticlighthouse.com. We will be right back after this short break with my special guest, Richard Arsic, and perhaps we can get his perspective on perspective and forgiveness. If you have been inspired or received some great ideas from our show, then why not continue to receive them throughout the week? Hi, I'm Jamie Pritchard, your spiritual connector, and I want to invite you to become a Lighthouse Insider. As a Lighthouse Insider, you will receive direct notification of our upcoming podcasts, special offers and discounts on programs exclusive to Lighthouse Insiders, and inside information on upcoming and past guests, plus much, much more. To become a Lighthouse Insider, go to the Magnetic Lighthouse on Facebook, click on our sign-up button, and complete the simple information. I look forward to seeing you on the inside. All right, we're back uh, live with uh, our guest, uh, Richard uh, Arsic. Richard had uh, sent me a, a very lengthy um, <clears throat> uh, bio, and I, was, uh, I did what I could to cut it down, but I thought there was just too much interesting information. So I'm going to share with you um, a little bit about uh, Richard, so bear with me. Richard Alexander Arsic has been on a quest for knowledge and the deeper meaning behind his life for most of his life. He's been trained as an electrical engineer, and he gained a love for understanding how things work. He became an entrepreneur in 1990, and his deeper spiritual journey started in earnest later that decade when he was introduced to the Celestine Prophecy by James Redfield and Conversations with God by Neil Donald Walsh. These messages stirred his soul and freed him from the religious dogma that had hounded him since being a child. Richard then went on an extensive journey and received spiritual training as a Shambhala master, a oneness blessing giver, and complete mind-body activation, and a stint at uh, Tony Robbins Mastery uh, University. Richard's spiritual quest to master his own life came into focus then. In 2011, Richard discovered men's work, and Richard attended the Shift Men's Initiation and shortly thereafter the Mankind Project's New Warrior Training Adventure. He experienced his own awakening to the mystical world inside his feelings, feelings that as a man he was taught to stifle. He created his first mission statement, Richard created, Richard cre which was, I uh, rented lips today, folks. Richard creates a world of abundance, uh, growth, and joy by being present and remembering who he is. This was a powerful moment for him. He finally had a mission, a mission that he could hold up a, anything he was being or doing and see if he was in alignment with it. Richard's restless feelings inside increased and something was missing. Something was not in alignment. He found it more difficult to perform his engineering tasks. He found his relationships, though loving, unfulfilling. That's when he needed to go deep and into his own personal work, healing himself and helping to facilitate other men on their journey, teaching what he needed to learn. So what did Richard do? In the fall of 2014, just a few months ago, Richard sold all his belongings, bought a trailer, packed up his two faithful companions, Maggie and Sedona, and embarked on a personal training adventure of his own. I was not about, uh, it was not about finding something, it was about acknowledging and embracing what was already there. To open up and uncover his deepest wounds so that we could, so that he could help others do the same. Through facilitating men's circles, healing his own wounds, writing two books, and discovering more deeply who he is, he revised his mission statement, took shape. 
It is now Richard creates a world of awakened men through healing himself and sharing that journey with the world. And ladies and gentlemen, here is Richard Arsic. Richard. Wow. Wow. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Remember, you remember doing all that stuff? Yeah. <laughs> it, it sounds different when it comes from someone else's mouth than, uh, than mine. That's for darn sure. It, it actually I, sounds quite impressive. Actually, one question before we really get into that. Maggie and Sedona. What or who are they? What kind of beings are they? <laughs> a, a golden retriever and a shepherd collie cross. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. 11 and 13 to, years old. I just wanted, and you still have them? Oh, yeah. Well, yeah we are on a journey together. I, I project all over those dogs every time something goes on. I, it's amazing how, how uh, resilient they are. And in the same time, I have to look at that and say, how resilient am I? Yeah, yeah. Richard, I, I, you know, this, I, there's probably so many places that I could start, but one thing that really came out to me is, what triggered that sp spiritual quest for you in, uh, it just in the fall of last year? Well, it started before the fall, but that's when it actually occurred. Uh, it was, it was so happening it probably. It's, it was happening at least ten years in, in, in before that, where I describe it as an itch on the center of my solar plexus an itch on the inside that I could never scratch. <laughs> and no matter how I tried to scratch it with alcohol, with, with food, with people, with so many different things, it just couldn't get scratched. And, and I needed to find out what that was. And as I got deeper into men's work and really understanding the feelings that were going on inside of me, I realized that all the stuff around me was just stuff. And I really needed to get into deeper into who I am and share my gifts. And I felt stifled trying to do it from the place that I was in. So what was that place that you were in? What was that like? Could you describe that? It, it was a place of unknowing. It was, a, it was being torn between two worlds, a torn between what I really wanted to do, which was to, to write and to work with men and having to pay bills, having to, do what everybody has to do is, is make money and make ends meet and be part of the, of the race. And I, and I needed to step outside of that race. What, when you say you needed to step outside of that, is that something that you wanted to do or something that you were called to do? I think it's a both and. Um, okay. I was definitely called to do it. There, there's, there, my higher self has been screaming at me for years. <laughs> through through different methods, it's been showing up in in synchronicities. So even when I when I decided to sell, the, the synchronicities that happened through the through that moment, I still remember saying to my to Trudy, I said, "I'm ready for this place to sell." And that night, the offer came in on a Friday night, and by Sunday, it was a done deal. And the guy bought all my belongings in the house as well. He really? took everything. Yeah. And and when I got my trailer, the woman I bought the trailer from. She was selling everything and going to South Africa. It so, was just wow. Go ahead. Okay, Sorry. so things just uh, seem to happen, and uh, wow, everything everything just fell into place as I stepped further into uh, this knowing, this this feeling of of going in this direction. It was like the universe opened up doors opened that were closed before things just started to happen. 
every time I tried to even plan uh, four or five days in advance on my trip, the universe would come along and say, not today. You're just going to sit here in Graceland RV park for another three days while your vehicle gets fixed. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to stay in Huntsville, Texas with, with, with Larry, the the RV Uh repair guy, as he orders parts and for you for another four days, because you're not going to do those things that you plan on doing in Dallas. It was amazing. Richard, I'm curious, were there people that you left behind on this journey? Ooh, I feel that in my chest. Yeah, there were people that I left behind on my journey. People, though, take, that... Take your time. Yeah, people that love me. People that know that this calling means a lot to me. And there was a few family members that thought I've, I was crazy at the same time. Yeah. Um, because that that was not their comfort zone. That this was right outside of their comfort zone. They couldn't understand how, how I could sell my beautiful home on the Grand River and yeah. live in a trailer. It just didn't make sense to them. You have everything you need. Just keep doing what you're doing. And I couldn't do what I was doing because I wasn't being. I was just doing. Right. Right. And I I needed to remove myself from that place in order to fully start to embrace who I am, to share my gifts. Richard, do so the you think that, that – go ahead. Keep, finish your thought. The people, that, the people that I left behind uh, that are very close, and we still are in contact. I, I'm still in contact with my Mankind Project community on a regular basis. I have a lot of dear friends in there that I sat in circle with and men from, from all over Ontario that still reach out and send me emails and ask me how I'm doing and what's going on. And, and, and I know that there's a deep love there. I, I've never had a deep love with men that I do – since I've came into the, into the mankind project that it's something I've never experienced before. And right. to know that those men would, would do anything for me. Literally. Right. It's amazing. Huh. So what's different for you uh, now? You've been on this journey for, for uh, nine months. What's different for you? Jeez, you're asking me tough questions here, brother. I'm a coach. I haven't. I haven't. I, I haven't. I haven't. I haven't asked myself those questions. So this is going to be uh, <laughs> new for me too. What's different for me? I, I'm seeing who I am at a very raw level. When everything else was stripped away, when when the the facade of being the entrepreneur and the and the the, the consummate host and all the things that I did back home because I loved entertaining. I loved having people around. I loved cooking. I loved drinking wine and smoking cigars and all those beautiful things. Yep. And now it's about really seeing how how I'm feeling. What am I? What do I feel like when there's nobody around? What are, what 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 feelings come up inside of me when I don't have a television to turn on just to get away from my thoughts at any given point in time? Right. I, have, right. I have to stay with those thoughts. And some of the stuff that I've discovered has not been that pretty. I I I, I am a needy little guy. I do want yep. people around. I do need to be needed to feel validated and to, to step outside of that has been, has been interesting. So as, as those feelings come up, I realize that I'm the one that needs to provide all that for me. It's not coming from outside. It's coming from within. And that's been my journey to go within, to, to not need these things on the outside, from the outside world, that I am enough, that I am worthy. All the things that I was taught I wasn't for a lifetime. I am those things and more. And this is this has been the big learning for me, and it's 
and it's a constant learning. I don't know if those feelings will ever go away, but how I show up in the face of them is what defines who I am, and that's what I'm really learning. I uh, I find uh, certainly um, for myself uh, not having done um, you know made a a courageous decision like you did a couple of weeks ago. We had a uh, a fellow on as well that uh, did much the same. Sold all his belongings uh, uh, and went to uh, went to Peru as well. And not you know not understand. Uh, I guess uh, I guess. For for some of some of us as well, that decision we may have other responsibilities and things. Um, do you think it's still possible to find what you're finding and still be living in the uh, in the real world? I'm sure it is, um, especially okay. for people who don't have that choice uh, to be able to do what I've done, who have a family and ki- and children that they have to support. Right. Um, there are ways of, of, of negotiating both. I happen to be in a place where I could do that because I did. I was not in a relationship, and I yeah. do not have children. Yeah. But to, to, to take that on, it definitely for men, I would say get into a, a, a men's group, get into a place that is going to nurture your soul so that you can find out deeply, more deeply, who you are. For women, the same thing, but on on the on a woman's side, do do things with the same with the same sex because there's something in that place that allows people to be more who they are that they may not in an in a, in a, in a inter um, gender uh, groups. I'm not saying right. that they're bad. Uh, right. That's also good as well, but it's definitely, uh, there's something that happens when we're, when men are with men in a very clean, honest, open way. Hmm. Not having done that uh, myself or, uh, or or experienced, uh, I mean, I've been through some therapy sessions and things like that, and uh, I know that they've been uh, inter generally uh, intergender. Um, what did you find when you uh, started with the Mankind Project? What was different for you, and what things did you find out about yourself that you didn't know before you went into it? I didn't know that I could have relationships with men. Men were taught, I was taught, that the relationships, um, deep, caring uh, relationships where we shared and, and really talked about our feelings, that didn't happen with men. Yeah. Occasionally, maybe around a bar at the end of the night when people were very drunk, I saw that happen, but then it was just a mess. <laughs> but these were men that were, were not afraid to be vulnerable. And through their vulnerability, they gained their strength. And it's amazing how how releasing those wounds, releasing the, the, the feelings that came up with the wounds that were touched when we were sat in a circle, wondering yeah. why I was acting the way I was here in this moment, and then realizing that it was something to do with my childhood. To, to really gain that perspective was, um, was amazing. To, 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 to put the two together and realize that it, 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 it wasn't anyone else's fault now to, to, to solve but my own. And that, that I blame anymore. That, that's a that's sometimes a uh, um, having come to that uh, decision uh, myself. Not uh, actually not just very recently as well. Um, I I would say maybe two or three years ago. Um, the 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 release. Uh, it's it's like taking the world off your shoulders. Did you find that? Oh. It it. it, it. <laughs> It gave, I'm now at cause now. I'm not at the victim of other people anymore. That's what it gave me. 
I'm at yeah. cause now with my feelings. I'm not in reaction to them anymore. Right. Uh, so I'm not a victim of other people's actions. And that is freedom. Oh, my God, is that freedom. And so many people are are still locked in that in that place of blaming. Because when I, when, when I point my finger at something and shake it at someone else, there's three coming back at me. So if I see something in someone else that's bothering me, it's a darn good chance that it's already inside of me. And that man or that woman is just mirroring to me what I need to look at in my own in my own self. So Richard, do those feelings uh, still they still come up and occasionally? Oh no question. I don't think they ever really go away, but they don't yep. have the. I'm not reacting to them anymore. It's like I can feel it in my body. I go, oh yeah, there's that piece again. I can feel it in my chest. I can feel it in my stomach. And that's very important is to locate where those feelings are in the body because that's where they're stored and feeling it breathing three times i find three nice full breaths will will remove anything away from me any issue that i'm experiencing will shift after three breaths yeah and so the the three breaths uh, i i use that myself and i find too if i've gone through a day where things seem off like you know you just you're not quite right. Usually it's something in my thinking. I find that I'm I'm holding something, I'm thinking about something either from the past or or there's just I, I'm just I'm just not um I'm just not thinking the way that I uh I normally do because generally I, I think generally I'm a pretty positive guy and you sound like a pretty positive guy too. Yeah, yeah. but I think but the, the part of that is the word thinking. Because when I'm in my head trying to rationalize what's going on, I, I don't win there. I have to go into my body. I have to travel that, that magical 18 inches from my head to my heart to really find out what's happening inside of me. Yeah. I'm sorry, but it sounds like there's target practice going on behind me. Well, that's okay. Okay. <laughs> we're, hearing you, we're hearing you fine. Good. So. The so you what you really do is when your thinking is is off and you find those emotions, um, you obviously feel those in your body. Where do you feel those? Like when the, the negative emotions are coming up. A lot of times, right at the, right at the, my solar plexus, the top of my stomach, and sometimes tightness in my chest, and occasionally I can feel constriction in my throat as well. It all depends where what's going on at any given point in time and where it is in my body. If it comes into my throat, that means that something needs to come out. Right. When it's deeper into my into my stomach area, that tends to be more of a sadness, a grief. Yeah. And when it's in my chest, it, when it's in my chest, it's more of a reactionary, more of a almost getting towards anger. And when you are relaxed and you've released that, what happens to your body? Oh, that's when it's light. That's when <laughs> the, everything feels so much lighter. I'm not carrying all those, all that baggage of whatever it is. And right. I just released it. Oh, that's a beautiful thing. And if you were to give and, it a color, what color would uh, that be? It depends on the uh, the emotion in the moment. A lot of times they're typically darker, purple, blacks. Sometimes they're they're slimy and 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 oh yeah, I've experienced when a lot you're of angry. Things when I, you mean when you're when angry? Ang- well, when I'm angry, it's more of a of a, of a stiffer. Uh, red or, or 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 deep purple color, that okay. um, that that's more, more rigid. When I'm sad, it tends to be 
tends to be softer and muckier. I don't know if that okay. makes sense, but uh, but when you're feeling light and relaxed, what's that? What's the color like then? Uh, that's my that's that that violet. That's a soft violet, like the violet soft. flame. Hmm. It's just the, it just permeates. Is it the crown chakra, the third eye? That's the violet color. That's that's typically the 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 color that permeates that. It's it's a cross between a, a reddy, a very light red, and a violet kind of color. If you mix right. red red and blue together, I don't know what color that comes up, but that's what coming to coming to mind. So tell us about your dreams now. My dreams now, my my reality now, because my dreams sure. are my reality. Um, I am in the process of writing two books. I'm I'm actually having a conversation with God, a conversation with my higher self, a conversation with the all there is. I'm not sure where exactly it's coming from, but some of the information that's coming out is just blowing me away. I, I it's a dialogue, and uh, I'm hoping to have that ready to be out. By the fall, that's my intention right now. And um, the other book was, there is about going back, and I've been looking at the things that have happened to me as a, as a child or in my younger years, and show yeah. and seeing how they showed up in my life now. Where did I learn to withhold love if I didn't act a certain way? Where so did book, I learn? Sorry, sorry. The book is a is a about is a reflection of uh, your childhood experiences. Into, yeah. into your adult, yeah, wow. Into, into my adult, how, how it translated. That that's been an interesting. I, I a lot of things have come up with me as I've been writing that book, and I've right. gotten so far, and then suddenly this conversation started with, with God that I, I it just pulled me away from that. It's like no, this has to be done now. It's like okay, I I'm following what comes up. I'm not saying that this is all going to happen like this. I'm allowing myself to be in the moment and flow rather than trying to set these these rigid goals and set all these things that need to happen because that's the that's the place that I'm trying to leave. I'm trying right. to leave my left brain one ones and zeros and be in my right brain where I'm flowing more and allowing things to sh- to show up and following synchronicities and following what spirit is showing me at any given point in time. And that's been probably the hardest thing that I've had to do because I was all about control. I can, that's what I did for a living. I, I, I designed control systems. You're an engineer. For automated machine. Yeah. And I have a I have a son in third year electrical engineering, and I I I understand the animal totally. There you go. <laughs> and and when I did this, I got that result. Now I'm I'm releasing that, and I'm being rather than doing, and that's a that's a big change for me. I can only imagine. Change. I, I like because from from my perspective, I you know I've always been artsy and I've always focused on the spiritual. I knew from a very young age that was sort of uh, who I was, and I've looked for ways to express that. But I'm interested in knowing somebody that has a clearly a very analytical mind because I know to get through engineering and the math and the physics and uh, all of that, you've got to be very driven. How how did the, this, I guess the question is, did you know from an early age that you had some other calling and just ignored it and went ahead with this? or You hit you... the nail right on the head, brother. <laughs> I ignored it. I ignored it in spades because I felt that I had to, be, to, to do something that meant something more in the world. I felt that I had to, 
to be that, that engineering guy, to be the, I'm also an electrician as well, to be all these different things so I could prove myself to my father. At the end of the day, that's really what it was all about. Dad, I started my own business. Oh, that's great, son. Because when I grew up, I didn't get any of that. I never got the blessing from my father. I always got the, you know, you're an ignorant kid. You don't know what you're doing. It was a lot of not good feedback. I'm just being very gentle with those words right now. <laughs> um, it was uh, it was a challenge. So a lot of things that I did in my life were for other people. Now I'm doing things for me. Yeah. It's my, it's my time now. I asked myself two questions when I started this journey. If money wasn't an object, what would I do? And will this really matter on my deathbed? Well, I, can, I can feel that way as I say that because that if, if people ask themselves that question when they're engaged in anything, that yeah. will shed a lot of light on what's going on. Well, that new house, that car, that whatever, that TV show, that food, that this, that, will any of that stuff really matter when you're on your deathbed or will relationships matter? Will it matter what you gave to the world, how you showed up in the world? What legacy you left behind? How many people you've, you've, you've touched on this journey? Those are the things that, that, that I believe that people will, will look at, or they're going to look at regrets about not doing a lot of those things and not being, and I will not be in that place. That's yeah. not part of who I am. Yeah. I was interested that you talked about um, the books coming from a, another source and you, you're having dialogue with this other source. I know for, for some of us that are outside of this spiritual work, it may sound uh, like we we have the uh, onset of schizophrenia um, <laughs> or uh, some other uh, mental disease. I know of what you what you talk about. Can you describe some of the process so when you have that the the conversation, how are you getting that down? do you re- do you record it? Do you write it down? What happens for you? Well, it, it started when I was doing, there's something called the, the morning notes that I got from um, doing the Artist Way course. And that's about writing whatever comes up, two or three pages of stuff every day. Just get rid of right. it. And the way it was described to me was, was to get to the deeper pool, there was always garbage floating around on top. Beer cans and cigarette butts and all that stuff had to be wiped away to get into the depth of it. So I was writing one day, and finally I said, uh, um, "Ancestors, ascended masters, you know, spirit guides, and whatever else. I'm ready. I'm ready for your help." And all of a sudden, it just said, "It's the it, the, what, the words that came out was we were waiting for you. We wondered when you were going to be asking." And I started writing like a madman after that. So yeah. much so that I, and my writing is awful. It's like reading hieroglyphics after it, but it's amazing. I, I don't know how I do it, but I, I, my writing is atrocious. So I knew I needed to get onto my laptop. So after about four or five pages, I, I, it was weird because I was scared to leave my, my, my writing because I thought something was going to change. So right. finally I thought, okay, I'm going to do this. And I went out and I started typing and the conversation was still there. And this, and since that day, and that would have, that was about, two and a half months ago, maybe three months ago, it's been an ongoing conversation where I'll ask something and the answer comes and, and then it just, it just flows into this conversation because in the answer comes more questions. And it's like, well, well, wait a minute, what about this? And yeah. it's like, well, okay. Well, and then, and then I get answers to, to that. And, 
and and I, and sometimes I get into what's going on with me, and they'll ask me que- questions, and I say they because it's it's not a person or a thing. It's it's them. It's it's us. It's yeah. Uh, it's hard to explain. Um, well, I and they'll can, ask me I, about. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. They'll ask you. Say they, yeah. they, they'll they'll ask me about something that just happened. I'll sit down after a very a big uh, incident where I, I had a big. Uh, profound experience at a, at a 5,000 year old medicine wheel in Alberta uh, in May and I sat down and they said you know, tell us about what just happened there and next thing you know I'm writing now about my experience around that and then God to all there is is commenting about what happened it's been a it's like sitting and talking with a friend oh I can feel that <laughs> it's like sitting and talking with a friend yes thank you for that Never put it in that words before. Um, wow. I know that we we have talked a bit about um, some processes, and one thing to maybe put in context um, what I, I I have found has worked for me is uh, Tim Kelly um, is uh, does uh, some work on uh, true purpose, and one of the processes that he just that you've just described is uh, what he would refer to as trusted sources. Um, so mm-hmm. their your trusted sources could be um, uh, for me, I have three. I have, uh, I actually have four. I have um, the burning bush, which is sort of the the entity, the divine presence. Um, there is my grandmother, uh, who uh, gave me my love for uh, spirituality, um, and there's my future self, which I f- kind of find right now. I, I call him wise one, that sort of has mm-hmm. the answers. And there's my my little Jamie. So that that what what the stream of consciousness and everything is exactly what um, what one of the processes that Tim talks about is using an active imagination and writing down the conversation just like it's a play. So Jamie mm-hmm, said, mm-hmm. your trust sources said, and and, ident- and identifying it. So that that's fantastic. And that's just well, maybe that's, well, yeah. That could be it. That could be it. I, I've. <laughs> I know I've had I conversations with my, 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 my inner child. That's for darn sure. We yep. actually converse quite regularly because he likes to, he likes to be safe. Yeah. Uh, and I'm the one that's here to try and keep him safe. Yep. And all our ego parts are all our ego parts. The, the real role of our ego parts is to protect that wounded child. That, exactly. <laughs> that, that yeah. the child was the one who built those walls, who built, who built that ego at a very young age to help na- uh, navigate through all the turmoil and crap that he had to face. And, and now you and I are tearing our own walls down. And I'm sure many other thousands, millions of people out there are experiencing something very similar. There's a so, huge uh, awakening that's going on right now. I, I sense that too. What do you, what do you, when you, so what do you think it is? And we're not, I'm not, a, I don't claim to be an expert, but as a, intuitive and a feeler i think there's some i I see i see it happening and i feel it happening what do you think it is there's a lot of different ideas as to what it's going going on the new age that's coming the aquarian age um that we just finished that twenty-six thousand year cycle that um we're going into the fifth dimensional beings and the, the, the violet flame and there's so many different possibilities out there that all ring true in their own way there's no question about that but i think as a whole i think humanity is going this isn't working <laughs> this isn't fucking working anymore 
Yeah. You yeah. Know, it, it, pushing and driving and pushing that, that, that river upstream and trying to hold it back and, and to be all these things so we can have all this stuff and, and it's just not working. Yeah. There's another, there's gotta be another way. I think people are, are, are opening up and saying, you know what? Like the, you know, this Bernie Sanders guy in the States, like people are flocking to him like he's the Messiah because of things that he's talking about now. I hope mm-hmm. nobody assassinates the guy from things that he's talking about because it's going to make a lot of people not happy, especially the power brokers. Uh, it, it, there's a lot of a lot of changes bubbling up all over the world, and I think the internet has been a big part of of really opening the world up to each other. Exactly. To see what's ideas. going on. Yeah. yeah. So we got a few more minutes. I just wanted I wanted to allow some time if people want to uh, call in. So a couple a couple of things. Are you for now? Um, do you see yourself staying in the place that you are now for a while? I'll be here probably till November sometime. And then I, my intention right now is to head back down into Arizona and or um, California uh, once after that. But the weather. I, you know what? It could change. Yeah. I am you know, living in a trailer, so it is nice to have to be in a place that I don't that isn't going to you know get too cold. Yeah. So, so you don't see my, now my, on the horizon. You don't see yourself uh, reintegrating. No, no, not not. I don't think I'm going to reintegrate in. It's not going to look anything like it did before. That's that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there may be homes and there. Actually, I envision a, a home on, on both coasts. Um, I, there's a good chance I might end up going down into the States. And, and, and yeah, I, I don't know. And it's okay. okay not to know. I'm not forcing myself into all these goals and plans. I'm allowing things to unfold one step at a time. And my, my big thing is to get the, get the books out. I want to get into, into more coaching. Uh, doing more men's work. I staff uh, New Warrior Training Adventures, which are the, the weekends that Mankind Project uh, puts on. I staff those everywhere I can go, and I highly recommend any man listening to this that to come out and do a weekend. It will. I have an ongoing thing with every man that I've ever brought to a weekend. I say, if you don't, you don't come to the, if you, if you don't come to me at the end of the weekend and hug me and thank me for this weekend, I'll pay for your weekend, and I'll, I'll hold that out there to anybody. So if people want to get connected to that, is this uh, something that they would have to connect to you, Richard, or is there is there uh, groups uh, within uh, local communities that we might be able to connect to? There's groups in just about every main community where that are meeting. They usually meet once every week or two weeks. Uh, that Those are called I-groups, integration groups, and that's yep. where men continue to do their work after the weekend, and that's the beauty of this work. It just isn't a weekend that you go and you sit in front of people and take notes because it's an experiential weekend. Yeah, and then once you're done, you you sit in circle now with men, other men who have gone through the week and have shared that experience with with that you have you've just had, and deepen your work. This that's where the rubber really meets the pavement. It's where the work continues because no one weekend is going to fix anybody. It's right. it's a practice. It's a con, it's a consistent practice of looking at who who am I today? How am I showing up today? Why am I feeling that way today? Oh, really? Okay, and having other men who can see my shadow because my shadow's behind me. I don't get to see it that much. <laughs> so the Mankind Project, that's all that anybody would have to Google? 
Like yeah, the, mkp.org will take you where you need to go. You can drill yeah. down through the, 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 the pass to the different communities uh, in the U.S., in Canada. We're in Ontario, Quebec, British Columbia, Alberta. Those are the four provinces that we're, we're part of right now where we have act, very large active groups. There's smaller okay. groups, I think, going on in some of the other provinces as well. Okay, and Richard, if people want to get a hold of you, how would uh, how would they do that? Consciousmoment at gmail.com. Okay. Good. Um, Richard, listen, I really want to thank you for uh, coming on the show. It's uh, It's been probably one of the uh, the, the best interviews that I, I – I, I think they're all different, but I think the one thing that uh, made yours a little bit different is you really showed up uh, very authentically. And um, I, uh, it, it truly has been a pleasure uh, uh, talking to you, and thank you for being so authentic. Thank you. It's thank been you. a pleasure talking with you. It's uh, it was like speaking with an old friend. Okay, if you want to talk to Richard directly now, it is your chance. Uh, if you have not already, um, if you want to, uh, we don't have any calls on the switchboard right now, but you can call into our live number at 347-850-1532. And I believe you'll need to press 1 uh, to uh, call in. And uh, So while we're waiting for the, uh, the uh, callers, um, just a couple of things that I might might want to ask ask you. Um, what do you see as your three greatest strengths? <laughs> my passion, my vulnerability, and my love of humanity. And that's um, probably in that order. My passion is what really drives me. I believe that that men are the key to really shifting what's going on on the planet right now. When I go to a spiritual events, it's 80 plus percent women and God love them. They're showing us the way. Yeah. But men just do not show up to these things for whatever reason, because that's girly stuff because we're, you know, whatever reason, I'm not going to go and hazard to guess what they are. Cause there's a lot of them. But right. when men start to go deep and figure out who they are and how they're showing up in the world, and how they can show up to be better spouses, better fathers, so that they break the cycle from their father to their children. Yeah. Those children are our future. That's why I do this work. I think I should, I don't know if I shared that story about the food bank, but um, no. Go do, ahead. You want, do we have time for it? Well, I yeah. I spent a lot of time on the board of my local food bank in Cambridge, and my God, what a an amazing organization. It's a co-op. They really give a hand out or hand up rather than a hand out. They made empowered people who were left, who were marginalized. I was doing work with the, with um, uh, leadership Waterloo region, another amazing organization. But I realized that all of these things we were doing were just band-aids on symptoms. And we were just putting our finger in the dike, hoping it wasn't going to blow. And the same things were just going on and on and on. And that, men's work was really, to me, the place where true change was going to happen. And it wasn't going to happen in my lifetime. It was going to be the next generation because the men that I'm working with show up differently. The men that right. Mankind Project work with show up differently in the world. And that is the change that I wish to see because I've done it, in my, I've done it myself. Right. I've showed up differently. 
And if I can do it, anybody can do it. So there you have it. We, <laughs> we, um, we don't have any, uh, any callers calling in, so some of your, uh, your friends have not taken up your challenge. But if you want to communicate uh, with um, Richard, a couple of ways to do that. One is co to contact him directly at ConsciousMoment at gmail.com. Oh, we do have a caller here. Just a second. Uh, it looks like somebody local here. At uh, Hang on. Hello, you're on the Magnetic Lighthouse. Hi, how are you? It's Jamie. Uh, hi, Jamie. Uh, my name is Jeff. I'm calling from Ontario. Can you hear me? I can hear you just fine. Hey, I've been listening to, to your show and enjoying your conversation with Richard. And uh, my question, Jamie, is for Richard is, what triggers do you see, Richard, that inspire people to take that first step that you talk about, like signing up for a weekend? Hmm. What, what, what trigger happens in their life, or what, what, what's the difference between somebody who listens to the kind of stuff that uh, you guys are talking about and someone who actually takes action and signs up? to do something like attend a weekend that's a great question jeff um there's a lot of triggers unfortunately it those triggers typically are maybe a marriage ending a job being fired from a job some major life trauma that makes the makes the, the man or the woman really re look at what's going on in their life where am i what am i doing here I'll asking all those questions that some sort of trauma comes along to, to provoke because when everybody's going along nicely and everything's good and, and, and we're not, you know, we're making our money, we're watching our TV every night, we're numbing around the, around the fire. Everybody is happy in a, in a, and I, I, I hate to say it, but in a, in a, in a looser, in a loser, illusory, illusionary sort of way. So it, it's a, it's a, the triggers are, are typically what's going on. Why am I here? Those questions though, I think are being asked more and more, without having to go to those deep places because I think people are starting to see that, that the way things are going, it's not all about getting the best car and the best house and having the best job. It's about being the best man I can be. It's about being the best father I can be, the best husband I can be, the best community member I can be, and doing it for the reasons that come from a deep place <clears throat> inside rather than just to be seen because a lot of men do, do these things just to be seen. Look at me. I am somebody because they weren't somebody when they were growing up. Oh, thank you. Very good. Yeah, very good. Are you, ready, like that's are you ready to make a big decision, yeah. Jeff? <laughs> well, well, yeah, certainly. And uh, and, and I'm seeing, uh, I think, uh, reading between the lines with what Richard said here, I think, uh, you know, when when things are going bad for us, maybe that's the gift. Uh, inside that is that that motive to finally do something about it, to finally yeah. make that change that's going to bring us to a new place. So uh, beautiful, Jeff. That's beautiful, my Jeff. Yeah, I love it. So Jeff. thank it you very a, much. They're all You're gifts, welcome, Jeff. Jeff. They are gifts. Wow, beautiful. I love the way you put that because they are gifts. Exactly what they are. Everything that happens to us, there is a gift in it. I don't care how bad. Give me any situation that's ever occurred, and I'll find the gift that's in it. 
because that's what this is all about. It's not about the pain and the suffering that goes along with it. It's the gift that's underneath. It's the, it's the opening of the flower. It's the lotus that's spreading open to, to, to meet the sun. It, it's the gift. Thank you, Jeff. Wow. It's beautiful. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Jeff. Enjoyed. Thanks for calling in. All right, that's all the time that we've uh, we've got right now, and I and I really want to thank uh, Richard. We've had a great conversation, and I know that there's a lot out there that are uh, listening, and that more that will be listening to this um, on our uh, podcast. By the way, uh, Magnetic Lighthouse. This will be on iTunes um, tomorrow. Um, I haven't made the full blown announcement. We're waiting to uh, do a couple of things with our design and everything. But you can download this through uh, podcast, and that will be available uh, on iTunes um, probably tomorrow. Um, and if you need to get a hold, want to get a hold of, uh, have some other questions, please feel free to get a hold of uh, Richard at consciousmoment at gmail.com or myself at jamiep at gmail.com or Facebook me, uh, message me uh, through the Magnetic Lighthouse or through my uh, personal profile. I want you to join me next week on Monday, July 13th at 7 p.m. Eastern Time when our topic will be Becoming the Leader You Were Born to Be with my special guest and very good friend Sheila Kelly, a soul coach from Halifax, Nova Scotia. That post will be out tomorrow morning. Please share and invite your friends so we can continue to grow the Magnetic Lighthouse community. I'm Jamie Pritchard, your spiritual connector, host and producer. Have a great week. Thank you. Thanks Take care, everybody. Listening. Be sure to head on over to our Facebook page to see our episode posts, upcoming blogs, and sign up for our Lighthouse Insider newsletter. It is better on the inside. Catch you next time at the Magnetic Lighthouse.